This week on Invasion of the Podcast, will Aquaman be the one to save the DC Cinematic Universe? We sink our teeth into the Santa Clarita diet. And Paul picks the top deadliest chef. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, a taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. I barfed up a red ball, Stedman, <laughs> and to my left is Joe. How much is a lot of vomit, Peters? It's a lot. It's, it's a lot of vomit. It's a lot of vomit. We're going to be talking about the Netflix original uh, comedy, Zomedy series? Zomedy. Yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's it's a Zomedy. Uh, yeah, so like, if you've not seen it yet, uh, we are going to be digging this with spoilers. It'll be kind of hard not to talk about the show without getting into what's going on yeah. with it. Um, I recommend watching it. Like Joe put it to me this way. It's like it's short episodes. It's only 10 episodes. They're about a half hour each. Yeah. Um, I got through it in a day. I wasn't even planning on doing it, and I did. I think a lot of shows, and nowadays everybody's used to them being an hour, and it went by pretty quick, and I like kind of like that. Yeah. Like so. So all right. Um. Yeah. So this this is uh tough for us because we just recorded uh, just a few days ago and now we're back. So it's like I want to be like. So what'd you do in like the the six and a half hours between episodes? Between episodes. Yeah. I, I know s- you just got back from I watching s- John Wick. I slept. Yeah. I, w- I just went and saw John Wick. It was amazing. Uh, as good as the first one. I wouldn't say that it's better. I just say that it's like right there. Well, that's still that's high praise. It is. Yeah. I have not seen it yet. I want. I look forward yeah. to it. Um, I look forward to any movie in which Keanu Reeves understands that his emotions aren't like the best to portray, but just keep quiet and shoot people. I think, I think because of that, like he succeeds so well at being a heartless hitman. Yeah, so that's which, like, which no, that's not true because I mean John Wick is driven by his losses of his wife. So well, and the, and, and the dog, you and know. Dog, so yeah. I mean, so like he has a heart. It just the heart is in his face, which is anatomically yeah. correct, I guess. But all right, anyway, let's just get to the news. <laughs> Good news, everyone. Uh, we hope this is good news. Uh, there's been some stories here where Jason Momoa, who is playing the Aquamans, uh, aka Roman Reigns, uh, in the Justice League <laughs> film with the spinoff uh, Aquaman, uh, he has read the script and he's been talking to people. And, and I'll, I'll read his quote here about the script. It says, "I read the Aquaman script. And let me just put it this way." I've never seen a movie that's going to be anything like this. It's going to be a world that you've never seen before, which is really cool. We went to space. We traveled all over different worlds, but we've never went underwater. I'll disagree with that. Uh, so it's just a really cool spin on what's below, and it uses a lot of great movies that I already love, whether that be Raiders of the Lost Ark to Star Wars to Lord of the Rings to Romancing the Stone. That's that's a weird fourth one to end on. Yeah, that's really weird. To yeah. get, I, that's it has a lot of really cool adventure. It's funny and heroic, and there's a lot of different characters in a lot of different worlds that we get to go see or that we get to go to. So I've never really seen anything like it. Um, that's 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 a high bar in terms of, and plus it's also the script. So I mean, you you could write without a budget on the script, right? And yeah. and, and recreate all of this stuff. And I know DC's going to, sorry, Warner Brothers is going to put a lot of money into this to make it successful. I was telling Joe before the show because we 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 tend to bag on Aquaman. 
just because uh, it's Aquaman. It's Aquaman. Like your color combination outfit is terrible, and you're not very effective outside of the water. I mean, yes, yes, he is. But I mean, if you look back at like you know some of like earlier Aquaman stuff, like Super Friends stuff, it's like I don't know. He just, he just seems like 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 Fred from Scooby Doo wanted to be a superhero, and they were, <laughs> they were like, "Here, Fred, you can wear these green tights, and then you you can talk to fish." Well, and it, like in the Marvel counterpoint is Namor, and at least Namor can like fly. I mean, he has wings on his feet; it's weird, but he seems to have a little bit more going for him in terms of like he he is all about the political side, and yeah. like and Namor's more, kind of a giant dick, though. He is a dick, you know, a big big uh, sea dick. Uh, so, uh, under underwater dick. That should be the subtitle for the Namor movie. That'll never happen. But I want. I, here, here's my statement. This is my controversial statement of the day. Um, I want the Aquaman, Aquaman movie to be great. Like I want it to be. I walk out of that and be like, Joe, I apologize to Aquaman. This was a lot of fun. This was too. a really good Aqu- movie. Aquaman deserves an apology. To, and, <laughs> but he hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> That's the thing. That's true. You know, I'm sure and, there's a lot of people out there that are Aquaman fans, and they're like, "Man, Aquaman! You guys don't know how badass Aquaman is." But um, I don't <laughs> like make him dark and brooding. That's fine. Yeah. But then you could have you could have a sidekick or something along that's always there to be you know like I don't think Momoa like the crab from Little Mermaid, Sebastian. <laughs> yes, and then or flounder or flounder, and then even bring Dory. in the, even bring, bring in Dory, bring, Dory in. bring in the candlesticks from the candlestick guy from Beauty of the Beast. I don't care. What whatever. they be doing in the ocean? I don't know. Like just tossed away. Like the the shipwrecked and they sank. <laughs> You know, and Cogsworth <laughs> is that the name of the the the, um, the the clock? Yeah. And then you could just Angela Lansbury in the Aquaman movie. I think that'd be great. Yeah. You know, just make it a musical and animate it, and then call it the the Little Merman, and then that that's going to be your winner right there. No, I, I want it to be fun. Like I want Wonder Woman to be fun. I want it to be. I want that to be when he says Raiders of the Lost Ark. I want that to kind of have that pulp feel with Wonder Woman because it is set in like the 30s. <clears throat> I want that to be a fun movie. So far, it looks like it's going to be epic, but not fun. So I'm a little worried about Wonder Woman because I feel like they're trying to redo Captain America First Avenger. Yeah. And I did not like that. I didn't hate it, but it was kind of like, eh, whatever. I feel like you guys are just doing this to get Cap set up for the Avengers, which they were. But the period piece of the superhero film with Captain America, it was just kind of like, I don't know. I liked it. I mean, I just it's it's hard to go back to it now after seeing the Winter Soldier. Yeah, and and like you still can have the man out of time with his own, you know, his own sense of uh, values. Well, I just don't want it to get heavy. I don't know. I just I'm just worried about the period piece part. You know, with with Wonder Woman, I understand how old she is, and and you can jump around the the time frame with her wherever you want. And that's probably a good place to take it, but. Um, I don't know. I'm just kind of worried just because of the setting. Yeah. And I'd rather it had been modern set, like set in modern times. Yeah, and you could even have a story running parallel a little bit to what was going on. Or even, again, we talked about this last week, I think. Just do give me an interesting credit sequence that explains where she's from, what she's about, and that's all you need. But Aquaman, I, I hope, like, if Wonder Woman isn't the one to save it, I hope Aquaman is the one that saves the DC Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. because the Flash right now is not looking so great because they keep going back and rewriting it. And there's all the, it just seems like Warner Brothers can't either they commit to something where they're like, hey, Zack Snyder, can you make this? Can you make it where we just punch buildings down and, and make it over the top? What if the Flash keeps getting rewritten because of the Flash? <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody ever thought about that. Maybe there's a Flashpoint paradox going on. Yeah, he keeps going back and he changing keeps, it. He's like, this movie's shit. I gotta, I gotta kill the writers. I don't know what's going to happen. Ezra Miller's like, no, this movie didn't do very well. I have to go back and in change time, it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, uh, Aquaman, best of luck. I hope I hope it is Raiders of the Lost Ark and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Not so much Romancing the Stone. Yeah, not so much Romancing that's, the that's Stone. That's a weird movie to bring up. Like, it's just... Uh, what is like? It's more like Jewel of the Nile. Like what? Would, like it's more like Congo. Like what? Would, what else would you say? Uh, I think that's funny. Like like that quote and that statement with those movies. Everybody's just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. what movie. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark to Star Wars to Lord of the Rings to Problem Child. Like yeah. I don't know what what's like. It just seems like a weird or like to the Goonies. Right. Like I'm like, all right, that's anyway. Weird. So like, best nobody of luck. liked burned after burn after reading. Why would you throw that in that list? Like. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's more like all the Cohen movies, but with adventure. Yeah. Anyway, so best of luck, Aquaman. Um, it'll be served uh, to a theater near you soon. So hopefully it's good. Um, all right. So other thing we have we have a correction uh, or an update, I should say. We were worried last time about uh, Fifty Shades Darker uh, trouncing both Lego Batman and John Wick two at the box office. Turns out that's not the case. Turns out we just had to wait a little bit of time. So. Lego Batman earned fifty three million last weekend. Fifty Shades Darker got forty six point six million. So, you know, it, it it did okay for what it is. And John Wick did thirty point four million, which is more than double than the first John Wick when it opened in twenty fourteen. But it's still a little less than what they're expecting. I'm, curi- the- I'm curious to see what the, I don't know what the budget was for two for two ones was really low. Yeah, and it ended up making quite a bit of money. So, but yeah, the second movie was was just as good as the first movie. Yeah, so I'm just glad Lego Batman beat Fifty Shades Darker. Just I still have like, to go see Lego Batman. I still have to go see it. Yeah, so that's your that's your correction there. Uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, it, it, well, evidently, Fifty Shades Darker was like the number one film on Valentine's Day, which, I mean, I guess wow, that kind of makes sense. Surprise. But I, if, if I would have had time to go see a movie, I'd have been like, we're going to go see Lego Batman. That That's all about love to me. So, all right. And then the last story here, uh, before we get into the, the main bit here, is you can finally get married at a Taco Bell without um, the, the, the title here from the AV Club is you can finally get married in Taco Bell without the manager being a dick about it. So what's going on with this is that uh, at the Taco Bell Cantina location in Vegas, they're actually going to sell a package that you can get married at Taco Bell. Where is there a Taco Bell in Las Vegas? I have Vegas? no idea because I'm surprised that. I mean, if, I'm sure there are Taco Bells in Vegas, but I, I, I would have gotten married there. No, that's not true. <laughs> um, I would have gotten married at the place that has the word strippers in the distance, which is what actually happened. So um, the Cantina Chapel will start offering a regular $600 wedding package that includes an optional sauce packet bouquet, because why not? And uh, what else is there? They're offering, um, there's going to be like t-shirts and also like a 12 taco combo thing. that will be your first meal after you get married. What the hell? <laughs> All right, whatever. So you don't care about that? You don't have any like? I think it's like, stupid. <laughs> like, like, so what? What? Okay, if you if you have to have your fast food, what's your favorite fast food? Uh, I don't know. Like, I like, don't really have like fast food's all the same to me. I mean, it's just whatever's closer. <laughs> so whatever's closest well, to I you at the time. Like, I mean, I guess like I'm not in the mood for something sometimes. I don't really have a favorite fast food. Like, let's say that your favorite fast food was Arby's. Like, so you're like, but this is this will be the thing that defines your life that you want to share that with your right. significant other. Yeah. And be like, I need to get married at an Arby's. You know, like, I don't understand that. Like, Taco Bell, this almost seems ironic, but I know people are going to do it. Yeah. And for $600 to get married in Vegas, that's actually a pretty reasonable price. It so is. It is, but still, like, Taco Bell, like... Like if you're that drunk and you get engaged and married in Vegas, and you have to go find a chapel and it's Taco Bell. I feel like that's just going to get annulled. I, yeah, I feel like you're already stacking bad decisions on top of other bad decisions right? at that point, right? So, I've, yeah, fourth meal for the rest of your lives. Yeah, yeah so I yeah, <laughs> I just thought that that was interesting, so I just wanted to 
to mention that. So, all right. So, yeah, we got through we got through news pretty fast. There's no other because we we kind of just talked a couple days ago. So, there's not a lot of news to happen between now and then. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, sorry. News happens when it happens, and we're there to report it. Yeah, and unless nothing happens, then we're not there to report it. So, no, no more, no live from the scene. <laughs> well, now we could talk about wrestling for 20 minutes. That's what people really want us to talk about. Right. Yeah. All right. Actually. I wanted to. No, I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up. No, I'll bring it up later. No, because we got WrestleMania's coming up next month. Should we do another WrestleMania type cast? Uh, no? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's a once a year thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because I mean, Tim has. He has to defend the belt. So maybe, he kind of does. Yeah, I yeah. made that belt last year. And if he lost it, I'm mad. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he did. I, th- I think he still has. Do you it. think he lost. Like, when you say he lost it, do you think he lost it? Like, lost it? Or do you think he actually lost it in a fight? I think he lost it in a fight. I yeah. think somebody out wrestled him. Wrestled Wrestle acknowledged him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then there, then there's Kevin that probably wants to come back for his rematch, uh, and 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 with all his muscle men that he bought from from last year. Uh, so yeah, anyway, yeah, maybe maybe we'll do another wrestling episode. That was fun, uh, but that's not no, no wrestling talk. I know we were teasing you guys, and some of you guys like it, some of you guys don't. But now on to zombies. And now for our feature presentation. The Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, I was going to screw that up because it's a that's a weird thing to trip. Because I want to say Santa Clara diet. And that's yeah, not right. I I always wanted. I kept calling it different things when it first came out too. But Santa Clarita diet um, just started on Netflix at the beginning of the month. Uh, it's a ten episode series. They're only about twenty two minutes each. So, but it's a comedy based around the story of Drew Barrymore is a suburban mom uh, who becomes a zombie and she for the most part has all her normal looking faculties and she's not rotting flesh but she has to eat human beings yeah so. like so that uh so the whole thing there is not only the fact that she's the undead it just becomes like the family realizing oh well this is going on but she seems to be relatively the same person her her uh, desires are running wild now because yeah. something about once you die your it just kind of takes over and you just kind of do whatever you want and say whatever you want and so then you got uh, Timothy Oliphant, who's the husband, which however you come down on this show, it will be really hard for anybody to say that Timothy Oliphant isn't the reason to watch the show. He he really surprised and me. He is just he is hysterical. And actually, the, he is the center of the show, like the emotional center of yeah. it. It's funny um, watching his reactions like to her. Like, I really love that. I really love Drew Barrymore in this, too. Like, I haven't seen her in, in something in a while but like it it was it was kind of refreshing to see her back in like a, like a good comedic role kind of uh and and it was fun and then like um just having timothy oliphant like like bounce off of her it's just some of his reactions like he kind of you know he reminded me a little bit of was um jerry from rick and morty a little bit I mean, he's but not, more, not as pathetic he's a little bit more confident in his ability <laughs> but yeah just um so the whole thing then becomes he realizes that his wife isn't dead, but at the same time, it's like here's a new wrinkle to to our situation. Yeah, and it's bringing some good in terms of it is the spice of life, but then it's also helping your wife eat bodies, right? Or to get bodies to eat. So it it's funny because like it, it does take that typical zombie twist where some you don't know somebody's a zombie and then they're like eating raw hamburger and then that doesn't work anymore. And then there's like in the first episode, there's a scene where she just kind of like discovers she's going to eat people. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was kind of funny because I I love the bit where uh, she bites uh, 
what's his name's fingers? Uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to spoil that much. Oh, I'm. So, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> no, Do you no. know why they are called so, spoilers? Nathan Fillion's in the first episode playing the Captain Hammer version of a real estate agent because he's kind of a dick. Yeah, and ha- uh, Hammer Realty. Hammer Realty. Yeah. And um, like he comes over and is like kind of threatening Drew Barrymore at the end, and uh, he's doing the whole finger wag, pointing pointing his fingers at. Or no, no. What was he? What was she doing? No, oh, no, she, like, she was. She uh, basically had the realization of like, oh, well, I'm going to lean into this because he's trying. He's getting real rapey. Yeah. So she's trying to be like, oh, no, your constant persistence has won me over. I'm yeah. so excited about this. So she starts sucking on these fingers, and then like her plan, then her 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 instincts take over as opposed to her plan. Yeah. And she just snaps them off. Starts and, eating them, and yeah. she starts eating them like a Twix. Which yeah. is funny because he's sitting there like freaking out because his fingers are gone. And he's like, you ate my fingers. She's like, I don't hate your fingers. It's like, yeah. It's pretty funny because it's like blood's running out of her mouth. And it's just the context is like, she's like, no, 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 you're it's okay. <laughs> so um, I, I do want to get more into the violence of it because it, it at its core, it's supposed to be more of a family. It's a family comedy. It's really it like it's trying to be like the, the the single camera family comedy where it's like, oh, our life got turned upside down and things are quirky and and the husband and wife been together forever, but their relationships being tested and our daughter's kind of rebellious, but also she's not the worst kid, but she's going to do what she wants. And then um, the next door neighbor is a dick. Like it's all these like tropes that you know. Yeah. Um. And it and I, I'm not saying it really goes far away from that. I'm just saying the plot does in terms of things that you just no, don't normally see. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say right before the show, we started like doing a little bit of research on this and the guy who, who actually created the show or as a showrunner is uh Victor Fresco, which I didn't realize this guy's made a lot of stuff. I love mm-hmm. like he is known. We'd mentioned better off Ted last week because of powerless amazing show with Portia de Rossi, who shows up in uh Santa Clarita diet that, Place Portia de Rossi. That's what it feels like to me as a scientist. That's the scientist in the. the oh, where, I didn't even recognize her because her hair was so short. And then the plastic surgery doesn't help either. Like she's starting uh-huh. to, yeah. Um, and then he was also creator of Andy Richter controls the universe. <clears throat> Did a lot of stuff for my name is Earl. Like things that I love, you know. And uh, and then I was looking through a lot of the directors. There's a, there's a lot of and no no pun intended. There's a lot of good DNA that went into this. There's a lot of good. Um, uh, comedy directors like Tamara Davis directed one of the episodes. She directed Billy Madison, like oh. so. It's it's interesting that there's this pedigree that goes along with this. Um, I this is a difficult one for me to talk about in the sense that like it's a comedy. We sometimes will binge watch a series and kind of talk about it here, like your Daredevil or I know we didn't talk about Luke Cage, but like something a little bit more in our wheelhouse of like sci-fi or comics. Yeah, this one's different. Just because it is more of a comedy. Yeah. And it's hard to dissect. Again, there's going to be a lot of puns, unfortunately, when it comes to talking about somebody that eats human flesh for, you know, because they want to and they need to. Yeah. Um, I am going to come down on the side of it's worth watching, but there's a lot there. I'm just like, really? This is what's going on? And I... I think there's a lot of belief suspension involved with this. And, and I think, like, if you're going to watch it, I mean, even even comedies like if you take a a show like um, uh, like Modern Family, and just like some of the scenarios that people get into, you know, like when he did the sticker on the side of the the van. Uh, did you ever watch Modern Family? I have not. I should. I heard it's pretty he, great. He did like a sticker because he's a realtor in, in the show. The dad Phil. He did like a sticker on the side of the van, and like 
his wife drives the van around all day and like the way that the sticker was positioned like when you open the door like the way that she was sitting or something like that it would like it was very sexual innuendo <laughs> so he was getting a lot of calls and he thought it was because like the, the ad business. paid off yeah. you know but like you know some of that stuff you kind of got to like even suspend disbelief for because it's like really that 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 doesn't make any sense why somebody would do that or you know well i mean there's a sus- suspension of disbelief like i will say that this this the show does not apologize for the world it's building it doesn't apologize for its leaps in logic um it does try to make it sound like they're thinking of these things logically when things that happen logically like for example if you're trying to clean up blood from a crime scene mm-hmm. and your next door neighbor happens to be a detective like what you're doing to clean up the blood in the crime scene would not cover up a crime scene, and yeah. it's like, and anybody worth their salt that's always suspicious because this detective guy is always painted as looking out for everything and always yeah. watching everybody. He would have known something's going on from, right from the get go, and well, he did. Yeah, but at the same time though, it's like you. But you knew that character was there for that specific reason, and you were just waiting for it to happen. You know what I mean? So they kind of had to drag you along for a little bit. Like, maybe this guy doesn't have a clue, or maybe he does have a clue, you know? The whole thing with the ants, where he's like, you better take care of those ants. Get yeah. on top of that. Well, like, even even with Drew Barrymore at the beginning, whenever she, uh, the, the first episode, when you find out that she's becoming a zombie, even though you don't know that's what it is at the time, they're showing off a house to prospective clients, and she just throws up. And it's not just a throw up. It's It's... It's a lot of it, vomit. It's a lot of vomit. It's like a it's, it's a CGI projectile vomit. And it just and it keeps going. And then so the the couple there, like like for some reason, they're still gonna look at the rest of the house. They're kinda antsy about it, but they're gonna look. At that point I'd have been like, you know what, this is a great house. I hope you feel better. We're out. Like that's it. But then there's the whole protracted moment of uh Timothy Oliphant trying to show off the kitchen and you just hear this noise coming from upstairs. Yeah. And it's funny. But it doesn't fit reality to me, and I feel yeah. like the show, it was trying to have it both ways, and there's times where it didn't stick the landing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it does. Like, I think it does try to like be like more realistic at times, but then sometimes, yes, it does. You know, like when they're trying to uh, when they're trying to find somebody to eat. You know, like like all the different candidates they try to go through and the way that they do it. So. Yeah, I liked. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess that that's also something too. So I feel like though. Ultimately, where I come on come down on the show is that because it's Netflix and they could swear as much as they want to, they could show as much violence as they want to, they could show as much gore as they want to. I don't know if that's really, really helping the show much, meaning in the sense that I feel like if you're limited by broadcast to what you can show and can't show, I think there's a lot more there that could be hinted at for comedy and mind for comedy because of the implication than I don't like, know. I just I feel like because like the, since it's wide open that the swearing is just a joke that they keep coming back to. And yeah, they show a lot of gross body parts and things like that. It's funny at times, but there's other times it's just, it's excessive. And that's like, just, what's excessive, the the body parts or the swearing? Well, both at times. It's just yeah. times where it's like, it doesn't, I'm not trying to be a prude. I'm just saying from a comedy standpoint, like swear words can be funny, but if swear words are your go-to, then they start losing their power. Mm, I don't always think it was their go-to. I, I felt like some of the stuff that they dropped was kind of like, I don't want to say it like caught you off guard. Like I can't believe they just swore, but it just kind of like emphasized some of it. Like the part where um, uh, they were talking about like getting rid of one of the bodies in the um, uh, in a cooler or something like that, and and uh, 
Timothy Oliphant was like, well, this would be a lot easier if somebody didn't need an office instead of, or a garage instead of an office. And then she's just like, F you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, that's one of the things that it works for me at the same time, but it doesn't, which is their chemistry. You really believe they're a couple. You really believe they care for each other. And you also really believe they have 26 years worth of baggage that they drag into this. Yeah. So there's always that passive aggressiveness of just like, this would be easier if, or if only you did this, or this is a talk we need to be having. Well, I feel like, and it's always in the context of them avoiding the cops or trying to kill somebody or everything else. And that's charming. It's just that are these conversations you'd be having right that minute? No, but I think that's, that's part of the fun is, is just like, these are not conversations you should be have while you're trying to like figure out how to get rid of a body and things like that, you know? And, and like when they're about to eat the one guy and they get a call, uh, because they're both real estate agents, which is weird. I don't understand that. Um, because then how does the commission work if you're both getting it? But <laughs> I like that you don't question the zombie part. It's the real estate licensing part and the commission's part <laughs> I, that bothers you. I know, you. right? I'm like, I was thinking about it, and then I asked somebody. I was like, so if like two people are both real estate agents, like a family, like, do they get double commission? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then why the hell are they both real estate agents selling a house? <laughs> like, you know, but anyway, no, but they're they're getting ready to eat this this guy. Uh, oh, she is. Yeah. Or she, uh, they, I say they. Well, he helps her, like, yeah. He, he doesn't help her, like, he just kind of helps her set it up, and then he, like, freaks out. Freaks out and gets yeah. squeamish and doesn't want to see it. But, like, like, they have this whole plan set up, and then, like, right in the middle of it, she gets a phone call before she jumps on this guy, and she's like, oh, it's such and such. They're going to give us the house that we can set. You know, they're going to give us the listing. So she, like, runs off. She's like, I have to take this. This is work. And it's like, what the hell? We're about to murder this guy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's stuff like that where it's just kind of like, yeah, that's that's very unrealistic, but that's what kind of makes it funny. It is. It's just what, what this reminds me of, and I feel like it. there's there's a show that does a better job of this, though it's a different show entirely is uh the last man on earth with um abba gruber uh what's his name will forte will forte uh that is set in a a post-virus outbreak where a majority of the world has been dead and died and he thinks he is the last man on earth he travels all of the country takes all these like known things this is like george jersey he has a t-rex skull he takes fancy art and just goes back to phoenix and has it all in his like his house mm-hmm. and then he finds that there's a few other people still left so then it becomes more of like how do we all survive? How do we put up with each other? It's also the sense of family. So, but it's also the sheen of like the, the post-apocalypse, you know, things happened and that's always there because you know, this virus hit, but then you still have Phil annoying everybody and you have Christian Shaw making raisin balls for people to eat because it's the only food left. And it's like very, it is very desperate, but you wouldn't get it from the people in it. So it's a ridiculous premise with still funny comedy but I feel like it earns it because it's already it, it's definitely set the table for that the characters can all still have these familiar tropes, but the world itself like it's not going to get any better. In fact, it's going to get worse because yeah. there's no people around. Well, I think it'll be interesting because I I hope that it gets picked up for a second season. Um, but like I like the chemistry that everybody had, you know, and and for once, like it, with with the family comedy, you always had like you know the the people didn't get along or something was kind of like. You know, like like you said, like the the tension from from being married for twenty six years, or just the the teenage angst of the daughter and stuff like that. And um, like I feel like some of that wasn't as dark as a lot of stuff nowadays with family drama. Because mm-hmm. um, like I feel like if anybody writes any television nowadays and it involves like family drama, like you know, I don't want to use Breaking Bad as an example, but it's just like the tension is like very real. Like you don't want to be in the room. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like that when they were fighting about stuff in the show. So I kind of liked it. Well, even with the daughter, which I, 
because they had to give her adventures too, which I didn't like. I don't know about how I feel about all that because it's like she's getting away with some ridiculous things, and mm-hmm. it's like she's a teenager, she's underage, and she's doing wearing gas masks and tear gassing houses and things. Yeah. It's like that felt very like okay, this is a sitcom, we can get away with this. Right. I, I didn't really care for that. That didn't feel it felt organic to the story in the sense of like. You find out that the next door neighbor, he is a detective, but he's also one of these guys that hoards a bunch of stuff like guns and flashbangs and everything else, which, yeah. however that works. Um, but at the same time, it, that felt really like, well, we got to be like, show that she's also starting to question what her, what she wants. Yeah. And I felt weird. I don't know. I don't know. The, I, li- I, I didn't, I didn't like her character at first, but she grew on me. And then like at the end when um, she injects herself with that stuff and she keeps at, uh, uh, crying wolf with uh oh, that pissed me off really <laughs> because so well okay we're jumping forward through this whole thing Sorry. so no it, it, it's it's well, well i don't want to tell the narrative straight through but i'm just like talking she, about the character she realizes that she has nothing to bring to this table of science and uh, plans and everything else going on because she can't help with the science part of it she can't help with the acquiring of other goods and services which that's a whole other part of that sir that that episode but she's like, you know what? I can certainly inject myself with this uh, this thing to maybe see how it's going to affect a human. But she's not a zombie. Like yeah. that doesn't make sense. But she injects herself, and then she does. Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And it goes on four goddamn times. Four times. Each time she's like, I'm just kidding. I'm just that's kidding. So, that's so funny that you hate that though. It, well, because I the think first you time, I think you hate a lot of repetitive stuff though. I maybe I don't you know. Probably like like uh, like, and even I admit that this is bad. It's the the whole like. Um, family Guy jokes, like where he where shits, uh, hits his knee. Well, okay, a, a well timed callback is one thing. Well, I'm not talking about a callback, I'm but just, when he does I'm talking about thing, something running on and on and on, it depends. Like, uh, so uh, brief aside, did you ever see that skit with Will Ferrell Saturday Night Live where Pierce Brosnan's interviewing to be part of like a magazine and Will Ferrell's the guy interviewing him? Mm-mm. At one point during this whole thing, his name's Mr. Targaryen. Chris Parnell comes into challenging him, like because Chris Parnell has like a, a net and a trident and he's like i've been doing cocaine all morning i challenge you mr targaryen and goes to attack will ferrell and will ferrell puts him down takes the trident and starts stabbing him and stabbing him and stabbing him and it goes on for like 30 seconds and you hear the crowd stop laughing and then it gets real quiet as will ferrell just keeps stabbing him over and over again and then it starts picking back up again where everyone starts just losing their mind because it just keeps going and there's blood spurting and will ferrell's just repeatedly stabbing chris parnell for like an extended period of time that cracks me up. I don't know what it is about how the joke stops being funny that comes right back to being funny. I don't think I've ever had a joke stop being funny and then come back to it. That one that one always cracks me up when no. I see it. I don't know. I thought that joke was funny like just because like her dedication to it because I felt like eventually it was going to actually yeah, and they were just going to be like, like ah, ignore her. You yeah, know. And that, you're right. It's the trope it swerved but it's like I feel like it, it broke the comedy the rule of three where it's like you know two times and then the third time it's actually going to hit her which I, we were all expecting that. But it's like if the whole thing the entire time is not going to affect her whatsoever, then that joke just it. She's becoming, she's just being a dick, which I know she's supposed to be. That's being her a character, dick. though. I, but it's like this is all about saving her mom's life, and she's terrifying the scientists trying to help this. She's not helping the process. That's that's all. And then also the scientist Portia de Rossi, she has this book that supposedly helps with understanding what's going on with the zombie affection, and it's this priceless book. It's rare, only one of a kind, and she's worried this going to get damaged. But then she leaves the series 
so maybe she's coming back. I don't know. And she's like, oh, by the way, take care of this book. I'll be back for it later. It's like, you were really anally retentive about this book earlier. Now you're handing it off to this teenager that put guacamole on it earlier? Yeah. That seemed weird. Yeah. I thought, I I think after the guac got on it, she didn't care about it anymore. <laughs> it lost its value. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll go take this to Antiques Roadshow. And they're going to be like, there's a guac stain. I don't know. I think there were, I think there were a lot of good jokes in there. Like the, the, uh, trying to get uh, the old lady to throw up and you just like because like that was in almost in the same scene where she's she's crying wolf and then like they cut away and, and you just see them put the bucket on her head and they're spinning her in the chair yeah and then they're still having and then the husband and wife are having a conversation about their relationship and all yeah. this stuff too i it's it's all fine like i think i think we've been prepared for a show like this because of i'm trying to think of other other like like i mentioned um last man on earth but and also better off ted there has been off kilter comedy before this that's kind of prepared us for this this thing in terms of it, it the humor is a little weird but then it also has that displacement of we're trying to force an old woman to vomit in a bucket because we got her drunk because mm-hmm. we need her her bile, bile yeah um while we're having a conversation about where we are in our relationship like that that um how do you want it to say it not dichotomy that's not the right word that separation of reality and then conversation we've seen those scenes play out already in other comedies yeah like uh and and so and that's fine. It's just that I feel like we've been we've we've been prepared for something like this. Had this come before a lot of this, I don't know how. Like I don't know if people would give it the same type of leeway. Like because I mean, like in terms of like, like maybe maybe we're just desensitized now because we've had so much with like Dexter and Walking Dead and Breaking Bad, where there's been so much violence in our faces that when you see a husband and wife. Uh, trying to drag a Tupperware container full of body parts and gore that doesn't have a top because one of them lost the top, so they're saran they're, wrapping it. They're arguing about losing spi- the top. Yeah, yeah. And it spills it all over the place. That it's more like a ah, uh, well, that's kind of funny because one of them was yelling at the other one because they didn't have a top to the thing. Yeah, that almost feels like a Jesse and Walt conversation. You know, it'd be like if you just found the top of this thing, this wouldn't be a problem, would right? It? You know, um, I'm not saying I'm hating it. I'm just saying that it felt there's some jokes and some ideas that kind of fell flat for me. But at the same time, there's stuff in there that, like I said, Oliphant made me laugh a lot. Uh, the character of Loki, what they did with him. Yeah, that totally threw me for threw a curve. Me off. But it fit with her, with Drew Barrymore's character, uh, kind of realizing that she loves life, even though she's not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Loki kind of embracing the same kind of thing, but a little bit more extreme. I love when he gives him the CD. He's like, it's like, was it $20? It's like, like yeah. seven songs and one of these. An <laughs> one, one of them is a reprise. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> technically only six. Yeah. It's kind of steep. Um, I, I feel like uh, this is like Timothy Oliphant after doing six years of justified and being like, he has been in some big things, but I don't think he's ever been like the a lister, you know? And I like him a lot. It's I do too. The, like I, he was in Deadwood. I know. Um, which Deadwood's a very serious Western, like like HBO. Well, yeah, but I mean, he he was you know, he was in Hitman. He was in uh, like he's been in some other movies. I'm just saying, like in terms of like you know who he is, but I feel like this is the first time I've seen him play like something like comedic. Yeah, and, I've never seen him do anything comedic, and, it, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, and it, it works because he plays a straight man pretty much, and there's a yeah. whole bit where he has a meltdown after a motorcycle trip, and it's the greatest because it's so you don't know it's coming, and all of a sudden he has this freak out. Yeah, him and his daughter are freaking yeah. out. I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's good. I just So I will say this, that I will look forward to a season two. Um, 
I I'm not as like gung ho about this as I am about other things I've watched that I liked a lot. Like like other other Netflix comedy series that I've dug is like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I like that a great deal. See, I didn't like that that much. See, I did. It just felt like like the next generation of not iteration of like Thirty Rock that kind of really manic kind of like kinetic humor and quick one liners and that's my wheelhouse. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I will watch the second season of this. I will say that I feel like if this show, if you scrubbed out the violence, like it, it was all implied, right? And you you toned down the the, uh, the swearing. And this was made for like broadcast. I feel like the show wouldn't get renewed for a second season because I feel like if it was spread out this ten I episodes f- over like you know two and a half months, I don't feel yeah. like it would have caught people's attention. Well, I mean, I do feel like that the violence and the swearing is is kind of like I don't know, like like if you're gonna do. Yeah, if you're gonna do all that zombie stuff, I mean, it's like it's it, Walking Dead pulls off a lot of that because it's it's on a- AMC, and I don't know, it's they just keep pushing an envelope with that. But if it's gonna be lighthearted and you're gonna have that, I think you you kind of got to get away with it the way that they did it. I don't, I couldn't see, I couldn't see this on network TV trying to be a comedy about zombies, you know? Yeah, I, it's. Um, it, it's interesting because the guy who directed the pilot of this, I guess pilot's not the right word, the first episode is the guy who directed Zombieland. Mm. And I like that movie. I don't love that movie. So it feels like kind of the same vein of like, yeah, you know, like there's there's bits that I like. It's decent world building, but there's things here. It doesn't make like this literally doesn't make sense. You know, like how some of the stuff comes together. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that a comedy has to play by the rules and be in reality. I get that. But it's like if you're supposed to make me believe that this family's trying to avoid the cops because they are stuffing half a torso into a cooler and they're going to say, we're going to the beach. And the cop's like, oh, can I have a soda? They're like, nope, we drink milk. Like that is such a I don't just that that bugged me. You know? Well, like, I always felt like stuff like that was like like Oliphant's character just being terrible at lying. No, and I agree. But why would a cop be like, you know what? Okay, that's weird. You drink milk. We gotta go. Like it just it just felt yeah, like who drinks milk at the beach? Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. But I don't know, man. Like I, I can sit here and try and defend all the points that you didn't like about it. But like when it comes down to it, like I didn't like the show because of the zombie element or the gore, or the swearing. Like I thought that's that's. I mean, I didn't say I didn't dislike it. I'm just saying that I feel like. Um, like there was a brief quiet moment whenever Drew Barrymore had, she was trying to convince herself that the the only way out of this whole problem that they had with, uh, with the next door neighbor was, well, we have a body, I'm going to eat it. And it's like, okay, fine. You go through the entire night eating this body. And then she's sitting by the tub covered in gore. And she's like, I'm becoming my father. Like that was kind of funny. It's like, that was like this moment of realization of like, all I've done all night is to sit up and just eat food. That's probably not great for me. Yeah. You know? And it's like, but it just, there's just bits here and there that just I don't know like like I'm hoping that the second season that they they find their footing and it just they sharpen what they want to do because I almost feel like that there's this weird West Coast California vibe to the way that people act towards each other yeah that I just don't get yeah I think that I agree with you on that yeah because like there there definitely seemed like there was there was some type of uh, like vibe that I didn't get with with the way that they were acting and I was like I'm like I know Santa Clarita's in you know the the, it's not in Orange County, is it? I have no idea. I don't know where it is. But like I know you asked me where stuff is, I'm like California is where that one. It's over of water. there by yeah. the water. But I, it, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. It's it's uh I I really enjoyed it. Like and and I think I I think I think I didn't pick it apart like I do a lot of <laughs> things. 
Huh? Pun. <laughs> no, but like I, I kind of picked out a lot of the parts that I did like, and and they were good parts. Like I, I really, unli- I really liked the family chemistry. I did hate all the, the Snoopy cop stuff. I knew it had to be there, so you could be like, oh no, I hope they don't get caught. But some of it was kind of like, what the hell? Like you know yeah. how how annoying like his neighbor was, like how nosy he was. But then there's the the other guy who's uh, the actual part of the sheriff's department. Or no, no, he's, he's the other cop next. The door. annoying cop is the sheriff's department, and then I like in the beginning when he's like, why couldn't we? Why couldn't our neighbors be too? warring pastry chefs yeah <laughs> um but yeah and, and the and the other guy uh next to him uh well worked at uh the santa monica pd or something like that something like that yeah, yeah but it was like he was actually like a beat cop and then the other guy was was like a sheriff department detect or uh, not a detective because there's a, a brief moment where because you get the idea that timothy oliphant's character um like you well okay so that, that's another thing it's a deconstruction that i that i like is that he was the, the high school quarterback. He was the prom king. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore was the prom queen. And it's like they were destined for big things. And by their own admission, they're just realtors in California. They're, they haven't really met their potential. Mm-hmm. And she's arguing now because this, this has happened to her that this is the, the, the impetus for her to actually discover who she is. And, and she's enjoying it. With all the problems that comes with it, she likes who she is now. And he isn't sure who he is now. There's the whole thing where he's talking to the guy who was the potential victim, but then he gets humanized. He doesn't want to have him be eaten. Mm-hmm. Where he goes through this whole monologue about how, yeah, and because you spent a few years trying to do do stand up, or you try to do an improv, and it's like this whole thing. It's like he goes through the whole story about how he kind of settled into being who he is, and that is very real and it's very funny because he's just getting high talking to a guy about his life and this is a person that's supposed to be being killed yeah like to you know and, and so like, i i enjoyed that like i like that like he's playing a character that's been knocked down by by life you know and and maybe this is his check second chance to live a little again if, as funny as it is because his wife is dead yeah. you know um like and also like we didn't even mention the the, the next door neighbor kid like i feel like he he grew on me in terms of like he grew on me a little bit yeah um but yeah, I felt like he was going to be kind of like this that quirky character, that vehicle for an explanation of some stuff because he was like a nerd and he understood some things. Yeah, and then like they had the um, the awkward uh, teenage romance type thing. Like he had a crush on the neighbor girl who's their daughter. Uh, what was her name? Zoe. Zoe. Uh, Zoe. I want to say right. Zoe. Sure. No, I don't know. Um, let me let me find the page for it. What is it? Characters. Um, Abby. Abby. Yeah, that was close. It had sure. an E at the end, but yeah. uh, it's Abby with a Y. <laughs> it's Abby with a Y. Damn it! That's uh, what Wikipedia says. Who knows? We will just say it's Wikipedia. A e. Don't know nothing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the like even their relationship started because like you know you could obviously tell it was turning into like that she actually did like him, but then they kind of played it off and they just kept playing it off and and they didn't yeah. play and and, and <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> don't cough up a red ball. I know. <coughs> I'd have to start vomiting profusely first. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. No, like it's it, of of all like of all the zombie transportations, I like that it's like oh my stomach hurts, I'm fine, and then like two hours later, just gushing vomit. Like that's it's a funny way to show like yep they've turned, <laughs> as opposed to I'm eating flesh. <coughs> uh oh, here it comes. I know, man, it's happening. Now I got tickle in my throat. Um, yeah, and I just I like at the emergency room. Your wife just threw up. That's it. And he's like, yeah, but a lot, a lot of <laughs> a lot of vomit. Like. <laughs> Like, um, yeah, but like the the was Eric, he's the kid. Yeah, um, like I, 
I liked him. I feel like he he had some Michael Sarah qualities about like he saying one thing, yeah, and then whenever he gets confronted with like that's not what that person's thinking, he immediately changes what he's saying, yeah. But then Timothy Olyphant did that too, where they say things to him, he'd be like, "That went away. I didn't expect whatsoever, or whatever yeah. it was, you know." So, um, but what did you think about like them representing nerd culture with that Paranormicon? That felt like that was such low hanging fruit. Yeah, I thought that was a terrible like like in for to find out more information like i really did enjoy timothy oliphant running around trying to find different solutions because it seems like every place he went everybody would just thought he was crazy yeah like when he goes to see Pat oswald and he's just like i'm gonna go get one of my colleagues and then they're like asking him questions he's like are you a psychiatrist? And but he like, brings Pat oswald a bag with the red object <clears throat> that drew barrymore spit up some kind of organ yeah like kept in olive oil because he didn't know what else to do with it yeah it's like Anybody in the right mind would be like, yeah, I got to call a psychiatrist. You're crazy. You're bringing me bags full of organic matter saying, I have a problem. That, like, that felt realistic, but him getting away didn't feel realistic. Yeah, the way he got away, yeah. like I feel like they would have like called somebody. And then um, what was the other thing he went and did? Oh, he had the body. With, with the, the, to go buy the body. The, by the body. That, yeah. was pretty, that was pretty funny. Are you guys going to sleep with it? He's like, yeah. Yes, we're going <laughs> to sleep with it. Like, they didn't want to tell the, the, the guy at the, the morgue they're going to eat, eat it. it. Yeah. Like how eating it is worse than having sex with it. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Like. I'd almost be like, no, we're going to eat that. And then the logic where he's like, it's going to cost you double. He's like, it doesn't cost you double if you rent a car and two people driving it. Yeah. He's like, well, you're not sleeping with the car. Like, Yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> but I don't know. There there was a lot like, like, yeah, you're right. The kid, like, I don't know. I kind of I kind of thought that that he was kind of not generic in a sense, but like there wasn't anything really special about him. But that 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 paranormal con thing was was pretty low hanging fruit. I just feel like that's the go to where people are like, I don't know how nerds work. Here we go. We're gonna make them buy a, a lightsaber churro. Like it just felt like that was anyway, but that's just neither here nor there. Um this show reminded me a lot of in terms of tone, and this is a weird stretch, so bear with me. The League. Did you ever watch the League? I tried to get into the league. I couldn't. It's not great. There's funny no. bits, but it's not great. I watched yeah. the whole series because again, it was available on Netflix. I just burned through it. There were a few. There were a few funny bits that I liked. Like the, like I, I just watched like the first two or three episodes. Like you know the whole thing with the guy, uh, the guy giving that kid his jersey and then trying to take it back. Yeah. Like I, the, the whole thing there was that half that show is improv with like a loose scripting. The Santa Clarita diet is not that. It's clearly there is some room for reaction, but it's it's a plot. You got to go. Right? Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's in the sense that you like these characters and there's some funny jokes, but there's times where it's like. I could take or leave that scene. That's how I felt about the league a lot where it's like, this is supposed to be a show set in reality where these guys have a fantasy football league, but then suddenly somehow they end up on like stage in Chicago for like the draft and all this other, it's like, this is too fantastic. I can't deal with this. You're supposed to be these worker guys having a fantasy football league that because the show got popular, more NFL people started showing up in it, you know? And it's like, and it's funny, but it just shatters this everyman like reality for me. Yeah. While with this, it, it's not quite the same thing, but it's of the same flavor where it's like, I like these people, but like what's going on here. And I'm not talking about the zombie side of it. It's just that some of the, like they walk into a coffee shop decked out in zombie kill gear, holding axes and knives. And no one looks at them weird in this day and age when, you know, we're always constantly aware of there could be something coming. Yeah. You know, I felt like there should have been a reaction there and there wasn't. You know? Right. Like and yeah. that, this, that that felt weird to me. I don't care how chill California is. 
you walk into a coffee shop holding an axe, people are going to ask you questions. Right. You know, even if that question is, hey, could I have that axe? Welcome to our coffee shop. You know, I did think it was funny how they'd geared up. Like, I was like, why would you buy like so many? Uh, what was it? Um, motor motocross gear. That's what it looked like. Right? Yeah. They were just wearing motocross. It was like gear. shitty Reaper cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I'm like, what the hell are they wearing? Yeah. But, um, I it's just it, it's worth watching. I Joe uh, Joe seems to come out on a, a more sunnier disposition with it than I did. I liked it. I'm not saying I disliked it. I'm just saying that like I'd give it a six out of ten. Like I, it's not it's, it's not bad, but it's not like I'm not like gutting for like the next season immediately. You know, so that's yeah. kind of where I'm at with it. No, I I'll definitely watch the second season, and I thought it was it was a it was a fun fun little ride i thought i mean it was no like uh it was like no parks and rec or 30 rock or anything like that but the challenge for me though because we talk about a lot of things in here we dissect a lot of stuff and there's things that we enjoy and there's things that have comedy to it i mean is this really the first like comedy we've sat down and tried to examine in terms of like detail i I feel like it is right so it's like i mean there's plenty of stuff out there we've mentioned shows that we watch like brooklyn 99 and you know uh, well, God, yeah, I mean, we, we mentioned we, powerless. We last talked week, about yeah. powerless last week, and we talked about the comedy workplace. So you know, there's other stuff out there. Yeah, I, so I feel like this one's tough because it's like I feel also that um, like you you it's easy to forgive something because it's a comedy, and I feel like that shouldn't be like oh, but it's a comedy. It's like I feel like it, it, the the creative integrity should still be there. That when it is there, then when the comedy comes, it's amazing. You know, I don't know. For me, it's really weird too. I'm surprised that this. I don't know if it was just because I just got into a binge mode and watched all of it, but like I'm, re- I'm not picky about comedies, but I can like take it or leave them sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of shows that people watch that are like, oh, that's hilarious. I'm like, I, you know, I never watch it. Like my fiance loves It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like she's yeah. always ready to watch the next episode of Sunny. And I can always just take it or leave it. I'm like, I don't care if I see it or not. But when I do watch it, I laugh. I I'm, used to be like that, but now I'm just like, I, I know I'm going to be in for something, you know? Yeah. But it took, what, how many seasons are they at now? 11? Is that what they're 11 or 12? Oh, 12? I, I think I watched every season, and, and yeah. I, I've always laughed at, like, you know, there's been a couple hit hit, uh, hit or misses, but, you know, when they hit, they're usually out the park. And, and the, uh, we forgot to mention, <sighs> the waitress is in the series, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot Charlie's wife. Yeah, which um, I guess uh, she never really planned on being, like, a comedic actress. Yeah. Because, like, she's actually with Charlie Day. Yeah, it's his wife. And um, so then she ended up being in that show, The Grinder, that was on Fox last season with Rob Lowe and yeah. uh, uh, Fred Savage. Yeah. And that didn't get picked up. So it's like she's she's been given the opportunity to kind of do something different now. But it's, it's like, like, she's funny. Like, I actually... I'm happy she's in the series, but it's just weird seeing her have a name and also something more to do, you know? And, um, but yeah, I, I feel like comedies, you're right. It's, it's take it or leave it. Um, this is in my bucket with like son of Zorn, which I don't know if people have watched that or not. I didn't like son of Zorn. I watched like four or five episodes. It's, it got better. They changed showrunners in oh, the first okay. half of the season. Uh, that is, if you guys don't know, it's on Fox. It's basically imagine like, what if he man was a dick? But he actually has a real life family in California and he goes to visit them. Right. And he's putting up with like he's the ex husband and like Tim Meadows is the fiance, which I love Tim Meadows. Um, and Jason Sudeikis plays Zorn and he's just like kind of a kind of an asshole, but you kind of also realize that he doesn't understand how the world works. Yeah. Um I like it more as a concept. There are times I've I've laughed at it and it's gotten better, but it's almost like like you've sold me on the concept, I think, but I wish the comedy was more there. I think it was his son. I just couldn't stand his son. Michael Sarah 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. He's gotten better too. I but uh, so I okay, ultimately again, I'll I'll come on the same side of that I did with the OA, which by the way, the OA 
that never we'll never speak of that again. I'm sure we will speak of it again because season two is coming. We're going to watch it. We're going to watch it talking about the show. It's going to be amazing. Um, I will take a Santa Clarita diet uh, every time if that gets me something else that is an out, out there concept that makes me just glad that it exists. You know, Netflix is taking a lot of chances, and I feel like more of their swings have been hits than misses. Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I watched uh, Travelers. I don't know if I talked to you about that. That you was pretty, Travelers was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't like, wasn't like, oh, my God, like, Breaking Bad good. But, like, um, it was like a fun little kind of ride, the sci-fi type show. Very, yeah. Very Quantum Leap. Well, and I feel like that this kind of atmosphere is where something like Last Man on Earth, even though it's broadcast cable, can find a market and stick around, you know? And, and even something like, I don't know if you've seen that show, Baskets. It's on FX with, um, uh, what's his face? Uh um, guy no. from The Hangover, uh, bearded guy, Zach Galifianakis. No. You have not seen that? I ain't never okay. heard of it. You've never heard he plays a, never mind, he plays a clown. But anyway, so, like, that's kind of an oddball show. Yeah. Like, like I'm glad that there's different forms of comedy out there and that we're avoiding garbage like the Big Bang Theory, which, <laughs> it's funny, I, I know Joe's laughing because they just, they just announced that they've been signed on for two more seasons of a show that is literally not funny. I will never It has no jokes in it other than reference. I will never understand how CBS, is it CBS? Yes. CBS has any success with shows like that and Two and a Half Men. I'll never, ever understand it. But it's like, you think back to, like, like CBS used to have comedies I liked. Like, I mean, this is dating myself, but Murphy Brown was really good at the time. And I mean, and, I watched and, Murphy Brown when I was a kid, and, but it and, was, I wasn't like, I didn't, I couldn't have really appreciate it. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate, and I, I think I'm like the one person that will openly admit that I'm a fan of King of Queens. I thought that was actually a decent I, I, show. I can't mess with anything <laughs> Kevin James does. But whatever. I mean, because it's like, it's always fat guy, fat guy comic, attractive wife. That's all. Yeah. CBS used Your to do that over and over Fred again. Fred Flintstone, Peter Griffin scenario. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so I feel like for every Santa Clarita diet, if that challenges the, the uh, live in front of a studio audience sitcom that even though like... This is a whole other topic that we could have a whole other show about. I feel like there's three camera sitcoms that I enjoy still. Like, I love watching Frasier. I feel like Cheers is still really good. But I feel like the writing behind that was smart, even though the audience was reacting to it. Yeah. And But I feel like that it's easy to punch a button and get people to, to hoot and holler and to cheer. And that somehow sells the emotion of the joke. Whenever these single camera comedies like Santa Clarita Diet or like Arrested Development, Better Off Ted... They know they don't have that audience laughing with them, so they got to make sure that it's like these have to be solid jokes, you know. So, yeah, it, it's worth watching. It's worth binge watching. You, 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 you could do worse things with a day, you know. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm coming out out of that. I give it my full recommendation. Okay, so Joe gives it a ten out of ten. I wouldn't give it a ten. <laughs> I would give it. I would give it a solid eight. Okay, well, I'm gonna give it a six. So, all right. Oh. Anyway, that's, that's it for our discussion about Santa Clarita Diet. If you guys have watched it and like to chime in, please hit us up on our Facebook page. It's Invasion of the Podcast. We have a website. It's invasionofthepodcast.com. Uh, we have a Gmail. It's invadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Invading Podcast. Also, 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 we have our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash invasion of the podcast. Please, please, please go on there and support us uh, as, as low as $1. Uh, monthly or even a one-time donation that will help cover the cost of producing this wonderful show that you guys enjoy. I think it's a wonderful show. We've been doing 90-some episodes of Almost it. Almost 100 episodes. Almost 100 episodes, yeah. So if you guys like it, please support it. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, and then now we have uh, a game we're going to get to. Time to play the game. 
So, uh, I came up with a game uh, for us to play here, and normally I said, let's use the nacho hat, because the nacho hat's so popular. Uh, It's done so much for us. It has. Normally, what we do with the nacho hat is we throw names into it, and we pick them out, and we're like, all right, who would win a fight, or who would do blah, blah, blah. You know, it's usually always fighting. It's always like, who would win in a fight, or who do you think would win? Who would kiss who the hardest? Yeah, like, oh. And with John Wick 2 coming out, um, I thought it would be cool to incorporate a lot of hitmen and assassins into the nacho hat. But like, you know, that's, that's kind of like a debatable fight that you could sit there and debate, you know, over and over again. It's like, you know, Oh, well this person, you know, is, is, is a trained killer. Like, you know, who, you know, could Deathstroke take, take out uh, Deadpool? You know, you could sit there and argue about it for, yeah. you know, like, like hours. But so what I decided to do instead of having them fight, they're going to have a cook off. Yeah. Top chef style. Because I figure if you're going to be good at sniping, then you should have patience. Yes. So I came up with uh, 18 uh, ladies and gentlemen who are trained killers. And uh, Paul has a job that he needs contracted, and he need, he's going to pick one of them. All of them are completely capable of... Uh, yeah, take, I, need, I need a killer meal. A killer meal. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so he gave me eight ingredients um, for them to kind of cook up a dish. And I am going to present him uh, the dishes that they all created, and then he's going to eliminate uh, the three dishes that he does not think he would enjoy. Oh, um, I, I like that. I'm sniping the snipers on this um, one. Yeah. Un- un- unfortunately, we can't really have like the actual <laughs> cooking show like judging where there's there's literally tons of food here. Like I'm like, this is a good so, flavor profile. This tastes like a bullet to the head. So, um, do you want me to go over your contestants here? Um. Uh, sure because i mean that, i don't i don't want to just randomly pull out and be, yeah, like, be, like, oh, be like oh this person's gone you didn't even know they were there you didn't even know craven had had cravens all right so uh the contestants today is, are we have is uh black widow okay uh dead shot um death stroke uh the bride beatrix kiddo from kill bill uh bullseye and electra so i better have like a steak <laughs> um uh deadpool is on here okay. uh boba fett okay um Altier from uh, Assassin's Creed. Okay. Uh, Hit Girl. Um, HK Hit Girls from uh, uh, Kick Ass. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we have HK Forty Seven from Knights of the Old Republic. Of the Old Republic. Uh, Baba Yaga himself, John Wick's on here. And then we have Machete. Uh, we also have Xenia Anyatop from uh, Goldeneye. Okay. The Bond Girl. Oh, played by Famke Jansen. Yeah, the the, she did the, the, the thigh crusher. Yeah, she okay. she'd get the thighs around you and then yeah. crush the life out of you. Uh, the T one thousand. Widow, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Widowmaker from Overwatch. I was waiting. Uh, Agent forty seven. So Timothy Oliphant himself, and Luca Brasi. So, okay. Uh, all right. So we'll get started here. The first ingredient in round one uh, was smoked salmon. Okay. So I'm going to read off these. These There's 18, so bear with me here because we're going to eliminate three each round until we get to the finals. Uh, I'm going to name off 18 dishes here, and then I'm going to give you this to, to mull over and then decide uh, maybe what you don't want to eat. So you pick three things and you just be like that. I'm going to be dead by the end of this. Like, yeah. Well, 15, I mean, eating 18 dishes this round. You don't eat the whole dishes. Okay. Like, I, I think them. on the cooking show, they just take a I bite. Need, I, need, and, I need another hat to spit like, everything into. I'm sure like a lot of the contestants are like, you didn't even eat the whole thing. But <clears throat> so we got smoked salmon 
And we have the first dish, smoked salmon cucumber bites. Uh, penne with smoked salmon cream cheese sauce. Yeah. Uh, smoked okay. salmon. Well, you, I'll, I'll mark that down if sure. you want that off of there. That right. sounds disgusting. I'm not a big fish guy anyway. So. Okay. Oh. Can I eliminate all these guys? You, so picked, I, the, you picked these ingredients. I did not. So I'll let you guys know. Joe presented this game to me, and I asked, I asked uh, my wife, Mary, I was like, can you come up with ingredients? And she said, yes. She likes fish, so it's her fault. All right. Uh, smoked salmon mushroom risotto. Uh, it's mushroom. Get rid of it. It's done. Oh, done. Wow. Man. I don't even think we're going to get through this. So. Well, we'll, we'll keep going. Uh, smoked sma- salmon avocado egg sandwich. Oh, uh, sounds lovely. <laughs> smoked salmon eggs benedict. Sure. That's what a sniper would make is a trader dish. Uh, smoked salmon chowder. Uh, <laughs> herb. Herb chevre spinach. Smoked salmon pinwheels. Uh, you can thank uh, Pinterest for a lot of these, too, okay. by the way. Uh, I just thought you knew all this stuff. You got, you're like, you got creative. I did. I looked you're up like, I got to make some pinwheels. Uh, smoked salmon deviled eggs. Uh, smoked salmon club sandwich. Smoked salmon asparagus quiche. That, that, yeah, to boot that. The quiche? Okay, yeah. All right. Well, so, those are your three, three right okay, there. Well, then go through the rest of them. All right. We got smoked salmon bruschetta, smoked salmon cream cheese omelet, uh, smoked salmon cob salad, smoked salmon potato cakes, <laughs> uh, smoked salmon goat cheese stuffed mushrooms. Oh, can I change one of them? That yeah. sounds terrible. We got to get rid of the mushrooms? Yeah, get rid of the mushrooms. Oh, man. And then what was the first? That was that that third one, the cream cheese something or other. The the third one. Penne pasta with cream cheese. Okay, sauce. keep that in there. We'll fine. keep that in I'll there. I'll just choke that down. All right, and then um, uh, smoked salmon. Uh, I don't know what kind of cheese that is. <laughs> I I can't tell if that's a BYU. Velveeta. It's some type of grilled cheese with smoked salmon. Uh, and then smoked salmon. Uh, scrambled eggs. All so. those sound disgusting. But All right. Yes, those are the three so, most disgusting. Three. Three chefs are going to get eliminated here. Oh, okay. So this so, is where the nacho hat comes yeah. into play. So, so we don't know who made these until we find out who made these. Yeah. Oh. So uh, the smoked salmon risotto was made by, oh, Mr. John Wick himself. Oh. Out right away. Wow. That was quick. I he, thought He's not dead, though. You know he's coming back for no, us. Yeah, he's not dead. Uh, and then the asparagus quiche was made by Deadshot. It's like, you know who made that pasta? John Wick. That was your biggest mistake. How ironic that both of them were considered for the role of Neo. Yeah, right? So, Well, the actors. Will Smith, right? Yeah. Will Smith, Smith was dead shot. Will Smith yeah. was almost Neo. Uh, and then the... Did uh, you know Sean Connery turned down The Matrix? He was supposed to be like the Morpheus character, and he was like, I don't understand it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, was, he, he, he turned that down, and the X-Men, and then after he saw how big they were, someone's like, hey, I have this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. And then the goat cheese stuffed mushrooms was made by Bullseye. So, Oh, and a miss from Bullseye. That guy always hits. Yeah. Except with mushrooms. So Mushrooms yeah. are the true killer people. You guys don't understand that. All right. They are guys, not fun those guys. Those guys are out in round one. They are rotten guys. So we got 15 guys left, and the next dish, not fun guys. dish the next ingredient was papaya. 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 So, your first dish to try is island papaya cake. Okay. Um, papaya. Oh, papaya brand co- coconut muffins. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Uh, Thai fish burgers with green mango and papaya slaw. There's fish in there. Get rid of it. Oh, fish is out. All right. And then uh, papaya creme brulee. Um, Filipino 
green papaya relish. Do you just feel like Pinterest is just people just putting words together sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, papaya pie. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like there's a couple people in here that are cooking, and they're just like, oh, shit, uh, scrambled eggs and what whatever about, else. What about, what about papaya the rapper? Yeah, papaya the rapper. Uh, Tumerica to, to to, and papaya cake. Oh, uh, that turmeric's a spice. Yeah, uh, sure, that's a cake. I'll uh, deal with it. Yeah, uh, papaya banana honey muffins. Well, that sounds really good, actually. Yeah. I want seven of those. Yep, and then um, pineapple and papaya chutney, uh, right. papaya mango jam. <laughs> that sounds uh, like a shitty like uh, Dave Matthews band like cover band. Papaya mango jam. Yeah, it's like you guys go <laughs> to the papaya mango jam later. <laughs> They're gonna just go do Dave Matthews, yeah, and a bunch of um, oh shit, what's that guy's name? Uh, cheeseburger in Paradise. Oh, uh, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does. Papaya sound mango nice. jam. Papaya mango jam. Uh, tropical papaya strawberry pineapple smoothie. Sure, uh, that sounds like all the vitamin C ever. Right? I like it. Uh, papaya tarts. Okay. Uh, 2D fruity papaya popsicles. That's too. That's too stuck up its own ass. We gotta get rid of that. Get rid of that one. Yeah. It's too hoity-toity. And raw papaya cabbage stir-fry. God, that sounds terrible. And get rid of that pep- one. peppery papaya seed dressing is the last thing. Um, get, oh, those are both terrible. Get rid of the last one. That, sounds, right. that, that last one sounds absolutely wow. terrible. So let's see who made these. All right, so the, the, the Thai fish burgers were actually made by Xenia Anyatop. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe... Because because of Russia, she didn't really know. <laughs> like she wasn't very good with fruit. I don't know. They don't have fruit there, right? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. They well, I mean, they they're not in, allowed. They're allowed one fruit per person per family, right? Yeah, it's right next to the bread line. It's pretty. And, and the fruit they they're allowed is a potato that can make vodka. Uh, the popsicles were made by Deathstroke. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like it because you know because uh, like you can break them in two, and he's like has the mask. The oh yeah, you probably when you set when you got him and he set him down, one was orange, one, one, one was, was black. black and like, I'm like, I can't deal with this. No. I see what you did there, though. Yeah, and then uh, oh, Machete made the poppy seed or papaya peppery seed dressing. He should know better. He should. Yeah. So, all right. Machete don't cook. Machete don't cook. Did did we talk about that on the uh, about him not texting about how that was like he? Yeah, we've been showing the show. Yeah, yeah. How Robert Rodriguez is why like why why don't you keep calling me? Why don't you just text me? Um, Machete has a uh, what. <laughs> Uh, North Coast PCS phone. That's the reason why. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So round three, we got peanut butter. So, <laughs> all right. All of them. Pass that. No. Okay. No. Uh, s- uh, sesame peanut butter noodles. Okay. That sounds great. Uh, slow cooker peanut butter chicken. Sounds wonderful. Uh, peanut butter M&M bars. Yes. <laughs> uh, peanut butter cornflake cookies. Yes. Peanut butter cookie lasagna. No. <laughs> really? Okay. Because I'm sure there's no actual lasagna in it, but I just don't know. <laughs> You don't know. You don't like lasagna? No, I. Do. Oh, but I mean, that's. This isn't okay. like this isn't like a peanut butter cup situation, you know. Okay. Like, peanut butter and jelly cookie cups. That sounds great. Uh, peanut butter overnight oats. I'm not sure. sure what that is. Uh, old fashioned peanut butter pinwheels. Okay. Uh, peanut butter snowballs. <clears throat> no, that sounds way too much work. Yeah. Uh, Buckeye turtle brownies, which Buckeyes have peanut butter in them. Yeah. Uh. Peanut butter, peanut sauce, and peanut butter Thai beef bowl, and flourless peanut butter bread. No, that last one. Bread? That sounds way too hippy dippy for me. Get rid of that bread. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. So peanut butter cookie lasagna, 
Somebody thought that was a good idea, but it Ugh. wasn't. That's, I, mean, I bet you it's just a dessert. That but... was Widowmaker. <sighs> Widowmaker decided. You had make... one shot, Widowmaker. Yeah. You think her being French, she would. I thought she would. She would have had a pastry of some sort. Well, French people are supposed to be able. I mean, cook like culinary is like all. That's the, that's where yeah. The, that's you yeah. think of you think of culinary arts. You think France. So, good job, Widowmaker. I, I think of the, the ground round when I think of culinary <laughs> arts. Is that <laughs> all right? And then uh, the, the the peanut butter snowballs were made by the T one thousand. He can't even like humans, and it's just like oh. Apparently, he yeah. can't make a good peanut butter yeah. dish. Uh, and then the flourless peanut butter bread was made by. Luca Brazzi. Okay. So. Getting there. All right. <clears throat> All right. Round four. Fight. I mean, cook. I mean, bake. This, this is an interesting ingredient. It's squab. Oh, this is a bird, right? This is like a squab is like a pheasant? Yeah. Is that what that is? Okay. Yeah. It's like a pigeon. It's like small. Oh, it's trash bird. So okay. uh, first dish is just fried squab. Okay. I uh, that. And then uh Grilled squab Egyptian style. I have no clue what that means. They, they just pose the wings differently. <laughs> they, they just think they make the one go up and the one go down, yeah. and it just turns in profile. <laughs> it's like you're hieroglyphic. It's served to you by a former member of the Bengals. <laughs> uh, squab nuggets, which sure. Uh, squab tortellini. Um, squab pot pie. Uh, this is like a hobo meal. <laughs> roast squab with mushroom ravioli. Nope. Oh, get yeah. it out of here! You think they would have learned from round one, right? Right. All right, uh, squab stuffed with fresh fig and nope. prosciutto. Get okay. rid of that fig. No. no, nope, nope. All right, and then squab roast cherries. I don't know. And grilled squab breast with creamy orzo sauce. Uh, get rid of eight, whatever that is. The, the, the roast cherry. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, so this is going a little quicker now that people are getting eliminated. Yeah, right. Done, done. It's just like that map, like in Halo, when you play the snipers. It's like at first there's a lot, and then it's like it gets real quiet. Yeah, You're like, I don't know where they're at. I don't know. Should I uh, move? Should I not move? Apparently, Altair no, does not realize that you don't like mushrooms. So no, Assassin's Creed is out. Um, you think that he would have used enough memory fragments to figure out I do not like mushrooms? He didn't. Should have been, spent more time in the Animus. Yeah, uh, and go back and kill mushrooms. And I don't know what that means. Black Widow is out after making the roast cherries. Oh, so we got both both the Russian. Interesting. We got the two widow, <laughs> two widows, and two Russian assassins. Right. All right. And then uh, what was the last one? Oh, the the yeah. The, okay. No, that was the cherries one. Uh, the squab. Stuff with fresh fig. That uh, one yeah. was made by HK forty seven. Well, he wants to kill me anyway. So yeah. yeah. Oh geez. All right. Are there okay? Quick question. Brief aside. In the old Republic MMO, are there HK robots in there that are like jerks? Yeah, you can actually get HK forty seven. Oh, the actual HK forty seven. Yeah, okay, the actual sweet. model. Okay. Yeah, there's a whole like big quest line to get him as a companion. Nice. So. Because everybody loves him talking bad. They, they, like he is the proto K two S O, right? Like that's the whole. But yeah, he's, oh yeah, he he's more murderous as opposed to he's pessimistic. An, he's an assassin droid. <laughs> Even when you played as a good guy, he was just like, "Can't we just kill these people?" Yeah, and I was just like, "No, no, no, no. stop it." Later. All right, round was it round five? We've got venison. That is dear, dear. So venison stroganoff. Uh, de- <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Pinterest. You know the joke, right? Uh-uh. What do you what do you call what do you call a herd of buffalo masturbating? Oh, God. Beef what? stroganoff. 
Uh, so get rid of it because it's foul. <laughs> it's just like that's all I could think of while I was eating it. Uh, deep dish. Hunter, I don't want a creamy sauce. <laughs> deep, right. deep dish hunter's pie with venison. That's uh, sure. Um, Italian meatballs with venison. That sounds actually really good. Uh, venison gyros. Yeah, I'd eat that. Uh, spicy venison. Uh, what does that say? Asian bowl. Sorry. No. And, I don't think know. venison would go well with Asian and then flavors. Crockpot venison cowboy casserole. I have no idea. Is that more venison or cowboy? I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, don't get rid of it. All right. Yeah. So, oh wait, we're only supposed to eliminate two. Sorry. Oh shit. I, I, right. I didn't read my instructions. <laughs> Which one did you want to keep out of those? The, the, for five, where we're at. Okay, so we'll keep cowboy. All right. So it tastes it tastes fine to me. Uh oh, Hit Girl made the stroganoff. Oh, she almost made it. It was the favorite of Big Daddy. And Agent Forty Seven made the spicy Asian bowl. He again, <sighs> him and the T One Thousand have a lot in common, where they try to blend in with humanity and not quite. Mm-hmm. And Timothy Oliphant was Agent Forty Seven. I said that at the beginning. Oh, okay. I well, said Timothy Oliphant himself. That, I ignored that. Sorry. I'm sorry. All right, all right. So we're down to the last uh... final four. Oh, what? there's one more round. Was it four? There's 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 two more. There's three more rounds. There's oh. six, seven, and eight, and we're getting there. We're down to the final four, so we're only going to oh, eliminate one person. I got to really think about this. So now. you're going to have to really think. All right. So this ingredient for round six is spam. Oh, can we all of them pass? Yeah, I love spam. All right, we got we got spam <laughs> fried rice. In, in honor of Santa Clarita diet, spam is the thing that cl- tastes as close to the human, supposedly. Did you hear that? I don't no, know if you. So in, in nations that have had cannibalism in their history, spam sells really well. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I like spam. All right. What are you doing later, Joe? You want to have some spam? <laughs> spam hash brown hash brown bake. Oh, sounds uh, spam pancakes. No. <laughs> that was it right there. Just, and it, then like I don't understand what that means. Is there is there a pancake batter involved? I don't like I don't that. Know. And then the last one was spam che- spam cheese empanadas. That sounds so good. All right. So who made these spam pancakes that gets eliminated? It was John Cleese. Boba Fett. Oh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett, you don't make pancakes. Get a thousand years of Sarlacc pit to come up better, better dessert. Not better dessert, right. it's better baking. All right, so we're down to the final three. Do we want to look and see who the final three is? Do you remember? Sure. Right. Is one of them King Hippo? No, he can't win again. Uh, De- <laughs> Deadpool is left. Nice. Electra and Beatrix Kiddo. Oh. So two red, one yellow. <laughs> All right. I like it. So, okay. So, uh, uh, dragon fruit is the, okay. the the ingredient of choice, and we have pink flamingo dragon fruit cheesecake, hmm. uh, pink dragon fruit uh, pancakes, Ugh. and pink dragon fruit glass noodles with homemade Korean barbecue sauce. No. <laughs> have you been to a Korean barbecue? Uh, I've been to Mongolian barbecue. No, but have you been to a Korean barbecue? No. I've been to one. I know that. I know that. That sounded bad because it's like it's not no, the same then that, thing. Then, that, then that's not. Then that's not Korean barbecue. It's like have you had Texan yeah. barbecue? No, no. But I've had like yeah. like Korean barbecue. They bring out the the raw ingredients and you cook it yourself. Yeah. And it's it's weird because it's like you don't know how to make it, and it's like they're just like bringing out things, and it's just oh. I don't know. The one so time it's kind of like Mongolian barbecue, except Mongolian barbecue they cook it for you. Yeah, but so you they know what they're doing. Yeah. But this is like they bring out things that you pick, like whatever an array is, and then you cook it yourself. So if you mess it up, it's on you. You're sick. Yep, that's messed up. It's it's it. There was bits I liked, but for overall, I'm like I was not that impressed. Sounds like a crazy StarCraft tactic. Yeah. All right. So oh, the bride made the Korean barbecue. No. Oh. Oh. So it's down. All right. So in the finals, we have five finger death touch. Deadpool and Electra. 
Interesting enough. Marvel? Marvel. Wait, wait did, was this planned? Dun, Is this a Marvel dun, ending? Dun. Okay. All right, so the final two chefs are going to be using raspberry jam to make something. So you have to choose between... If one of them's tacos, I'm picking the tacos. <laughs> raspberry the... oatmeal cookie bars hmm. or raspberry... Ba- a, a raspberry bake a bakewell tart. Okay, so the cookie bars sound very pedestrian, mm-hmm. meaning that anybody can make them. So I'm going to choose them, and I'll take the tart. I'll take the tart is what I want to eat. You want to eat the tart? Yeah, I want to eat the tart. Okay. Yeah. So I don't really why that why that is so impassioned. It tells so you just randomly pulling the name. Am I, out, am I pulling the loser or the winner here? The loser. So this is the loser. Yeah. It's Electra. Oh, so Deadpool won. Deadpool won. The Top Chef <laughs> cook-off. That's, that's funny. <laughs> he's really good. He just knows what he's doing. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, look at that. Completely random and unbiased, and we ended up picking one of our favorite characters of all time. Yep. There you go. So uh, it was fun. I <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, so thank you to Pinterest for a lot of fake uh, recipes. Uh, those are mostly all real. And they thank, have pictures. Most of them are real. So did you like, make up stuff that like you're just like I gotta have a, a venison pot pie? A no, pot I looked pie? up. I looked okay. up ingredient recipes, and I'm just like I didn't look up how to make them. Uh, uh, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, yeah. All right, so that that's gonna do it for us this week. Next week uh, we're bringing you an interview. Uh, with uh, the folks at the Malt Meeple, uh, so we'll we'll be bringing that to you, and we'll have some fun there. Uh, they're the, the the people that have the the um, board game and milkshake. Yeah, place. we talked we, we talked, talked about, about it a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, so they've been so kind as to set up a time. It's just been kind of a while figuring out schedules, but we'll have an interview with them. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Um, we'll we'll roll for. I don't know, to see how we do as we go along. We'll just roll for questions. Yeah, <laughs> and be like six. Another six. We're going to ask the same question over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, again, hit us up on our social media. Hit us up on our Patreon. Please uh, go to our iTunes, um, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, wherever our podcasts are available. If you can rate us, that'd be greatly appreciated. Um, but yeah, it's going to do it for us this week. Um, have have a safe week. Uh, be careful what you eat. Uh, may it be uh, not mushroom filled, unless you like that, I guess. Or people filled. I'm not like a huge mushroom fan. I don't hate them that much. I don't know. what it, it's, it's the texture that bothers me, which is weird because I like tofu. You don't like tofu? Mm-mm. No. no. Okay. But tofu absorbs everything around it. There was says mushrooms do too. I don't believe that. I don't see how mushrooms would absorb because it's that's like a they spore. Say. They say mushrooms absorb the flavor of the food around them, which I'm like, if that's the case, then why not just add more of the food on top of it? Right. Like, I don't know. Like I like mushrooms on steak, but like in pizza, it depends on the mushrooms. On pizza, I'll, I'll eat them too. But like, I don't know. Have you ever had one of the full on what do they call them the the big the big headed mushrooms that people make the burgers out of? Um, oh, the portobello. Yeah. Have you ever had one of those? No, like not where it's like the bun. Well, the actual the actual burger part. Yeah, like the bun is the mushroom. Oh, is that what bun? you're talking about? I'm talking like the 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 patty is the mushroom. Oh no, I've seen those too. Yeah, no. yeah. I've never had that. I mean, I I might try that to see how it tastes, but I would not want to order one because I don't want to waste the money if I don't like it. You know? Yeah, but anyway, I, that's why that's why I hate about going out and trying new things. I'm always just like, this is like eighteen dollars. If I don't like it, I'm, I'm done. Pissed. Yeah, <laughs> that's why when I go to melt, I'm like, I'll have the same thing over and over again. Oh, melt right. is like such a gamble. Yeah, right. All right. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we just started a whole other podcast about food at the end. All right. Oh, the Lakewood Clarita diet. So, all right. Anyway, guys, have a safe week. Um, uh, if you if you vomit, make just make sure that's not a lot of vomit, and otherwise you'll be okay. <laughs>